Welcome to Lindsay Live. Thank you for joining us today. We're starting a new series on the seven spheres of lifelong learning. As emerging adults, Lindsay graduates will assume responsibilities in seven significant aspects or spheres of living. The world is changing and many of the skills necessary for the graduates of yesterday have become obsolete. No longer is academic performance the sole predictor of success. Today's graduates must become lifelong learners, well-rounded citizens who are equipped to solve the problems of the 21st century. Successfully mastering and balancing these roles will be essential for today's learners. As part of our strategic design, we've developed seven spheres of lifelong learning standards and integrated them into our curriculum to ensure that every learner enters adulthood with the skills needed to become a valuable, contributing member of their community. Developed from future conditions and addressing all aspects of living, the lifelong learning standards identify what learners need to know, understand, and be like in order to thrive. We'll start the series off today by talking about one of the seven spheres in particular, the personal sphere. By fulfilling the standards of the personal sphere of living, a Lindsay learner will graduate high school as a well-balanced person who articulates a clear set of values and beliefs that drive his or her decisions, who sets and pursues personal goals, and uses a variety of interpersonal communication skills. They can establish a balanced lifestyle, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. They adjust and adapt to changes, stress, adversity, and diversity, and they seek reflect on, and adjust to feedback. A well-balanced learner understands that their emotions, behavior, and health can impact their personal achievement. The personal sphere focuses on three main target areas, emotional health, mental health, and maintaining a balanced, healthy lifestyle. Learning facilitators should consider all of these aspects and incorporate time into their learning schedule to honor them. Academic performance is extremely important to us, and being asked to take time from an already packed day to focus on health may feel like a compromise to some learning facilitators. But we've discovered that taking time to develop these areas pays dividends in academic performance. Our graduates are proof of that. On today's show, I'll speak with one of those graduates, McKaylee Caesar, a member of the Lindsay High School graduating class of 2019 and a student athlete at California State University Fullerton. Mickey is passionate about the benefits of living a healthy, balanced lifestyle and is building an online presence around helping others make better choices. Shauna Lemus is a content level 7 learning facilitator at the Reagan Learning Community. She's seen the benefits of incorporating aspects of the personal sphere into her learning routine. She'll join the conversation to share her methods and some stories of success from her learning environment. We'll have Linda Ledesma as well. Linda is the director of Healthy Start a school-based family resource center which provides support for learners and their families. Healthy Start offers a variety of programs to help families educate themselves on the benefits of living a healthy lifestyle and opportunities that introduce learners and adults to fitness activities. Our fourth guest is Anthony Gonzalez, fitness manager at McDermott X and the founder of the G-Fit Lifestyle Fitness brand. Anthony has trained hundreds of Lindsay residents from world-class athletes looking for an edge to first-time gym goers looking to transform their lives. All four of them are shining examples of living out the personal sphere of lifelong learning, and they will share their insights in just a moment. You won't want to miss what they have to say, so stay tuned to Lindsay Live. 
Welcome to Lindsay Live. I've got Michaeli Caesar, Shauna Lemus, Linda Ledesma, and Anthony Gonzalez on Zoom to talk about the personal sphere of living and how it impacts them personally and academically. Thank you all for joining me today. Mickey, I know the ideas in the personal sphere are important to you. You've been a student slash athlete for pretty much your entire life. What are some of the things that you've learned from fitness and athletics that have benefited you academically? Setting high standards for myself to be able to achieve the things that I need to achieve. Discipline in what I do and really having to work on my time management and prioritize what's most important and just working hard and all of that can be transmitted into my academics. When you leave campus, do you find that those values follow you into your personal life as well? So all of those values are very universal and I can really take each of them and translate them to everything that I do, especially with my family and my friends, my work and um, my diet. So all of those can be taken into account. Another thing that I learned is teamwork. And I think that that's one of the most important things that I've learned because I can really build important relationships and that also requires me to have a balanced life while creating good relationships. Shauna, in your learning environment, you've placed a lot of value on helping learners care for their health. Why is that so valuable, and why is it worth taking time away from academics? When I hear the word health, you always think of physical health, but in my learning environment, mental health, it's a key, it's a priority making sure that their mental health is taken care of, it's really important. We need to teach our learners. And one of the ways that I do that is acknowledging them. Every morning when they come to me, I'm welcoming them, uh, greeting them with a smile, letting them know that they make me happy. They know that I am grateful for them, that they are one of my priorities, that they are part of my family, that they are part of my life. I want them to know that they matter to me, that they are enough for me, and that they matter. How do you see that translating into academic success? When you build that relationship and that relationship strong, and they know that you care, and I keep saying that over and over, it's not just saying it to them. I care for you. It's showing it to them. It's making sure they understand that you will be there for them. So building that one-on-one -on -one relationship. It's important, and I just know that if they feel safe in your learning environment, they feel safe with you, they will learn because they know that you care and they know that you'll be there for them. Anthony, you've built a brand and a business around helping people train and lead a healthy lifestyle, but I know it's not all just about pumping iron. How does the mental game play a role in physical fitness? I think it's one of those things that aren't really hardly talked about, and that's the mental toughness. Each day, each session, each morning you decide to wake up, if you don't practice it or if you're not going through it, you, it's kind of hard to understand and grasp. But the mental aspect of it is just its one of those things. It's just like any other muscle group, and you got to continuously move it. you got to continuously train it. you got to continuously drop bad habits, add better habits learn, unlearn, relearn, and then just keep repeating that same cycle over and over. Linda, tell us about some of the things that Healthy Start is doing to bring these practices to the wider Lindsay community. Sure. Um, you know, just to piggyback off of what Mrs. Lemos was talking about, what she's describing is trauma-informed practice. Kids aren't going to learn if their mental health isn't well. 
your brain just doesn't operate that way. It shuts down. You're in this state of fight or flight and building those connections with our learners, helping them learn how to self-regulate. All those things matter because at that point, then they're ready to learn. So how we do that at Healthy Start and how we support is we partner with local health and mental health agencies. McKaylee was kind of talking about this and Mrs. Lem was talking about this earlier is you got to take care of your whole self. So it's your mental health, your uh, overall health in terms of your systems. And we tend to compartmentalize health, which is unfortunate. It's, it's a whole integrated system and everything needs to be taken care of. So what we try to do at Healthy Start is support with the emotional health. So we'll contract and have partner agencies that provide mental health to our children and to our families. So we have Tulare Youth Services, Family Services, Kingsview. Cuya Delta is actually at our site and they provide health classes for diabetes and chronic diseases, high blood pressure. Um, and they're just gonna add a new mental health component as well because we don't take care of ourselves well if we're not taking care of our mental health. <laughs> so everything is so related. So if you think about somebody having the symptoms of an anxiety attack, the symptoms you're gonna see look like a heart attack when it's not. So it's so important to address every piece of that. Our job is to get them connected to agencies that will help them, help them come up with some goals and strategies to overcome the challenges that they're facing, whether it be emotional or physically. And also we have exercise. Exercise is extremely important in terms of overall well-being. And so we offer some exercise programs at Healthy Start through our partnership with Kuya Delta, such as dance classes, Tai Chi. One of the things I want to share is not only are we taking care of Lindsay families and Lindsay learners, but we also take care of our Lindsay seniors through other programs. It's a whole community effort. So we are targeting seniors with some of our new programming. Bingo size is one. And I'm happy to say that we have several teens that come to our dance classes to exercise with their parents during the summer and winter breaks. And they all express how just moving their bodies does wonders for their minds and it helps them with their depression and their anxiety. So everything is interrelated. Before we went on the air, some of you were talking about the gum program. What is that? Um, get up and move. Gum, abbreviated. G-U-M. Get up and move. We focus on teaching different traits where we have Joe Blara teaching the motivation aspect he does. He demonstrates different activities to help inspire the kids to get motivated. We have Alfredo and the other teams. They do team building, teach the kids how to use each, utilize each other's work ethic to knock down a task and they have how they have to all work together. And then they, we have a nutritional aspect. We have like registered dietitians come in and we talk about, they talk about health, about nutrition, about implementing a, a diet that's, you know, that will benefit them compared to what, what they're doing now. And then on my side, we're, we're labeled as fitness, but I like to call our, our side health because I'm one to believe that there's not one that's more better than the other as far as the mental, the physical, the spiritual. I think they all work hand in hand to say, you got to work on this one to develop the other one. You can tell them that in the beginning, but down the road, you're going to realize, like, you got to have them all. And one thing I found in myself, you know, being raised in athletics and just moving the body is um, the, the more I move my body, the better I feel. And a lot of people think, well, isn't that the physical aspect? But 
they're not understanding the steps needed, the disciplinary actions needed in order to talk yourself into, hey, today you got to exercise. Hey, today you got to move or to do with nutrition. Hey, today you got to not eat this when it comes down to even just simple reading. I'm not really proud to say this, but I think it's pretty interesting. I didn't read my first book until I was like 24 years old. Never read a book prior to that, ever. I might have skimmed through a page, jammed as much information night before on a test or something, but I think reading has really, really enhanced the traits that I can apply to myself in order to just evolve. It's kind of essentially what we're teaching our parents to do with our own classes that we have at Healthy Start. We have some cooking classes that are offered through the UC Cooperative Extension on healthy eating and healthy meal prep. For diabetics, we had uh, the gal do one specifically geared towards diabetics. We sometimes have dietitians come in and reinvent favorite things to eat in a healthy way. You know, so instead of cooking with lard, you're cooking with olive oil or, you know, just how to make healthy food swaps. But I just love the gum program because that's, you know, we have a lot of kids out there eating a lot of things they shouldn't be eating that aren't good for them. Those hot Cheetos, drinking a ton of soda, a lot of sugary snacks. I mean, those things really don't put them in a, a frame of mind for healthy learning. <laughs> so it probably makes them really hyper and we're setting them up and when we when we feed them too much of that and really you know you want kids to be healthy when they're in the classroom so that they're open to learning they're not having a sugar crash in the middle of the day i mean this this program's great in in showing kids you know what's a healthier way for them to be eating and different exercises that they can be doing you know they don't need to be playing video games for 12 hours a day so we want to encourage movement so it's it's just an overall uh, great program I wish, you know, every school district had access. But I would have to say, um, as a content level seventh learning facilitator, I am really blessed. I'm gonna say the word blessed because I get many opportunities to help my learners growth in their personal sphere, such as teaching them making proud choices, too good for drugs curriculum, um, going to the gum program, which is get up and move with Anthony. I love taking our learners over there. So, and then dancing classes, we participate in the Orange Blossom um, Parade, you know, Reagan School. So that's kind of like outside of the learning environment, but it's still, I take every little chance I get to incorporate how this is going to help them in the long run as an adult. I have many different opportunities to teach them personal sphere. There are many opportunities here in Lindsay to come together and help build a healthy community. But what does that mean? What does a healthy community look like to you? Oh man, this is bread and butter for me. This is since day one, this is going back over 10 years ago. I remember me and my brother Johnny saying that Lindsay's gonna be known for health. Lindsay's gonna be known for working out. And we just repeatedly kept saying that and just, and seeing it spread out like a, like a, like a wildfire, like to see everyone grasp onto health and exercise is just amazing to see and understanding that I grew up born and raised in Lindsay and it was a little closer to home because it is my home and I know what what's we're surrounded by from the fast food all the way to the gangs and I've learned like there's a better way I would say that a healthy community is a thriving community that's kind of how I look at it they're, they're informed and they're constantly learning about ways that they can improve their overall health. I think it really speaks to that lifelong learning 
in terms of that personal sphere, you know, taking the time to invest in yourself, taking the time to invest in your self-care, being conscious of the decisions that you make, of what you eat, how you move your body, how you take care of your families, how you feed your families. When you have that in place, I think you have a, a healthy community. And it's also, you know, paying attention to how you're feeling, um, paying attention to, are you doing any self-care for yourself? Are you encouraged, are you teaching your children how to do self-care for them, how to self-regulate? All of those things. That's what makes a healthy community. It's important for us to also serve as examples of what good self-care looks like. So what are some of the things that you do as individuals to take care of yourselves? I'll share my routine. Um, so prior to COVID, <laughs> I used to work out with a trainer three times a week and I was following uh, like a nutrition plan. Um, but now my routine is to try to walk on my treadmill after dinner for about 30 to 60 minutes. As a lifelong learner, uh, I am learning that I have to change my diet a little bit. Despite being physically active and doing my best to stay healthy, sometimes your genetics catches up to you. And I was recently diagnosed with high blood pressure. So now I'm working with a dietitian to help me rethink my food choices and kind of find new ways to add flavor to food without adding salt and having to cut back on caffeine significantly. So I'm, I'm learning those pieces as right now as we speak. And then just, you know, in this whole digital world that we're in, I feel like it's added an additional layer of stress. And so I can imagine for our kids and our learning facilitators, admin, all of us, that it's a lot of screen time. And I sometimes feel like my brain starts to rebel on me a little bit. And so I have to find other ways to de-stress. Exercise makes a huge difference, but also uh, I'm going to start doing acupuncture. Previously, when I did acupuncture, it really helped me uh, just to de-stress. So I'm going to be coming back to that. And then just trying to motivate uh, myself to stay active. I do Fitbit challenges with friends. Uh, most of them are nurses, so it's really hard to keep up with them because they're on their feet all day. But it definitely is a good motivator uh, to keep me, keep me moving. To keep my health in check, every day I wake up and either go for a run or work out in the morning. And then after doing these two things, I kind of it kind of helps me establish a healthy eating diet. And I have to get the right nutrients. So I eat a healthy breakfast. And then this is kind of my morning routine. So then after that, I sit down and I plan out what I have to do for the rest of the day. It's more organized and kind of have a little less stress when I am able to see what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. So that kind of helps me keep those three things in check when I just sit down in the morning and take those time to do those three things. Mickey, she is a freak of nature. So when I get a trainer, I see the gift she has and I see the potential she has and she doesn't even know she has them. And it's great to see because being humble is the number one weapon in order to be successful and seeing Mickey develop and just accelerate and anything that's thrown her way is just a testimonial of like, you can do whatever you want. You can achieve whatever you want, but it's just going to require hard work and consistency. It's, it's great to see. All right. So talking about physical, I'm not as physical as they are. Um, I do more like dancing for distress just for fun. 
and and you know i'm just um to me it's praying my spiritual life i have a very strong spiritual life i do a lot of praying and i'm not talking about lengthy praying it's just a way to just kind of stay um in more in a positive mind with the kind heart just taking care of my spiritual life because when i'm okay with that i just feel that everything around me it just it's okay things happen for a reason and that's mine right there thank you yeah i would have to say the same because at the end of the day sometimes i take the time to just like open up a bible or look at a verse and it kind of just takes all the stress away and you just feel so much better just just by doing that so i agree your spiritual health is very important mickey as a student athlete you have a lot of structure and extrinsic motivation to stay fit do you see yourself maintaining those habits after graduation when organized athletics ends? Yeah, so I think since I've been doing it for a while now, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to maintain it and at least work out in the morning or something. Because if I don't get like a type of physical activity in, I mean, that's just for me right now, I, my day feels kind of off and I'm not as energized for the rest of the day. So I feel like I'll be able to take that with me and I like having a set routine and plan. So when I get older and have more work life, I think I'll take that with me of working out in the morning and having a healthier diet to set to because, I mean, it makes me feel a lot better. What about those days when you do get off track or slip on your routine? What happens? How does it affect you? And what effect does it have on your brain? Honestly, it's like a dark weight slash burden that's just right there with you. Whether you're 10 years old, 15, 20, 40, I think we all experience that, that guilt that, that where our body's actually talking to us, our mind's talking to us. And if, you know, if we're listening, we'll be able to answer back. Man, today you got you to gotta wake up a little earlier. Or, hey, today you got you to gotta do this. You got this going on. It's still work that needs to get done. And we all find a way somehow to semi-get it done. I feel like my brain is a total mess. If I, it's amazing what it does for you when you just get in 15 to 20 minutes. So even if you're like really exhausted, <laughs> I'll get on my treadmill or I'll take my dog around the block and it does something about just clearing your mind, kind of restoring a sense of balance in your mind. You just feel like your well-being has improved. Uh, it makes a huge difference. So I, I can definitely say exercise is like another form of mental health. It just does something. It gets those endorphins and feel good hormones moving around. Definitely makes a huge difference. Yeah, I definitely agree. When I don't get, you know, the right exercise in, I'm not as productive throughout the day, which is surprising because you think that you'd be more tired, but it wakes you up. And when I go for a run, it clears my mind and helps me think and process things. And it it just helps my mental health tremendously. So it sounds like we all agree that physical activity has a positive effect on the brain, but do any of you have any practices specifically devoted to the mental aspect of your health? Definitely. When, well, with me, it's more the spiritual, you know, just when we're going through some struggles, I, I always say, you know, God is good. His plan is perfect and he'll figure it out. We'll do the job but he'll guide us. So they know whoever like knows me, they know that I have a very, just a strong relationship with my creator, with, with my outer world, whatever they want to call it. 
I, I don't like to be negative. I focus on the positive. I focus on whether something goes downhill, it's okay. You know, it's going to get better and we can only learn from it. And I pray for my kids all the time, all my learners every day. So yeah, it does rub off in a positive way. I guess I'm not as spiritual as the other two ladies here, but I do have a lot of friends that are actually LCSWs and LMFTs that I find I can talk to when I'm feeling like I need to have a conversation about how I'm feeling. And, you know, even at Healthy Start with our staff, we do case manager supervision with Barry Summer. We check in with each other. We check in to ensure that everyone's doing okay. We've gotten creative. We'll have a conversation over the phone and I'll walk around the block while I'm having that conversation with them. You know, just so that when I'm physically moving, we're both physically moving if they're walking with me too. Because those those social connections um, go a long way, you know, and if you have a spiritual practice, that goes a long way. I, you know, I try to find things to do that just kind of feed, feed my soul. When we talk about a healthy community, I just know that I've been practicing and I do share with other people. Um, in order for you to love other people, you need to learn to love yourself. You need to learn to take care of yourself. You need to be able to look in the mirror and say, you are amazing. You're great. Self-talk, self-motivate, hug yourself, that person that is always with you. And this is one of the things that I do um, tell my learners, you know, hug the person and they always say, you love the most. And, oh, well, my mom's not here. And I'm like, no, that person needs to be you. You know, you're the one that needs to take care of yourself because this body, this mind, everything, it's not replaceable. There's only one you and that you is unique. I just know that if you love yourself, then everything around you will fall in place and you will see the beauty in life and the beauty in your community and the beauty in human beings. I like everything that she said. That's true. When, when you have a positive attitude about things or you just trust things are going to just fall into place. People tend to believe the same. <laughs> so that positive energy and those good vibes pass on. And I think that's kind of what we need to have in this time is the belief that this will pass and, and we're going to be okay. But uh, in terms of other healthy habits, so when I got my diagnosis with my blood pressure, I made the decision to buy a treadmill so that I could be consistent with exercise. And like a week later, my best friend did the same thing because she was motivated that I went and bought something for myself to keep myself healthy. And she's normally my workout buddy. Uh, she's the person that I would typically go to the gym with. And now that we can't currently do that, we've come to the decision that now that we both have our treadmills, we're gonna hold each other accountable to, to exercise. So yeah, you know, when people hear that you're doing good things that make you feel good, naturally they want to do the same. Yeah, I would agree with that. When my friends see me working out in the morning, living like a healthier lifestyle, they definitely want to join in and, you know, tackle that with me. So a lot of my friends, I've been trying to get them to come to Anthony's workout classes with me, or some of them even want to go for a run with me or eat healthy. So they definitely want to be in on all those things that I do because they see the success from it, so. And does having a workout buddy impact your own personal achievement in return? Definitely. My workout buddy, when we're consistent, we can go like a whole year. I think for a whole year, me and her did like Shanti's T25 <laughs> together every morning at 5 a.m. We had the best looking legs that year, but we were, we just fell into that routine and we were consistent and you hold each other accountable. So it just makes a huge difference. 
Mickey, this is an interesting situation for you because you've gone from having a cross-country team at school, a structured environment with scheduled practices, to COVID-19 restrictions, which means no team, no access to gyms, having to work out on your own a lot of the time. How has that affected you? It's definitely been a lot harder for me, especially since I've been having to do it all individually without my team. And I really just had to switch my mindset and kind of gear it towards like working for myself and becoming the best for myself. It's been hard to run by yourself and do all that, but I've just kind of had to really just focus on myself and look at the positives and look at the outcome of it all in the end, how it's going to help me. There are a lot of people right now in a situation where they have no access to a gym and will have to make that extra effort in order to set goals for themselves. Especially if you're just starting out, it's important to understand where you are and where you need to be. I know there are a lot of people at home right now who look at someone like Mickey Caesar or Anthony Gonzalez and think, well, I could never run 10 miles or I'm not going to be able to deadlift 500 plus pounds. How can we reframe that mindset? How can we help people understand their own situations and limitations and still set meaningful goals for self-improvement? I have to say, if they, if they know her story, then they would understand. Take it on, girl. Yeah, I think that people, people need to understand where I started from and that I didn't always start running 10 miles or doing what I do. I started at a very low point and I have to, it took a lot of hard work and dedication to get to where you are. So, and I'm still not the strongest or the fastest, but I think I just having a, like a positive mind and not stopping and just, you know, the hard work and the dedication I think is the most important. Yeah. When you look at the, I call them the highlights, the commercials of a, of an individual such as Mickey, myself, anyone in general, you see the highlights and the highlights are great, but you got to understand like we didn't start this way. Like, especially with Mickey, I got, I've been blessed to be around her, her and her family for, years now and I got to see them slowly evolve I, I guarantee if they go back in time and they you know I want to say she's like 19 right now if they go back five years ago or six years ago when she wasn't even in high school yet and they said hey you're gonna you're gonna produce a d1 track star and I, I could almost promise you that her whole family would be like nah I don't think so with myself too like if I go back in time and ask any of my family members in general would anthony be doing what he's doing now it'd be a little more like no i don't believe it so that just goes to show that the highlights are great to see but you gotta understand we all start somewhere we start with one step we stop start with one stair we started with one jog we started with one stretch we started with saying no to soda one time and slowly they just kept adding up and I've learned that the number one thing in order to be successful in anything in life is you've got to be consistent with it. I think if we're looking at it from when I started running, I didn't even know about how I could run or if I could run. And so I started really not really liking it, just kind of doing it for fun and then just sticking with it. And then my dad helped me set goals like, okay, if you, you're pretty good at this, you know, let's start somewhere. So let's start setting a goal for 
you know, a little bit of a time or a place and just keep working your way up. And how are you going to achieve these goals? Okay, so now you're going to have to start building muscle, you know, working on your form, you're gonna have to start eating healthier. So taking each part and each aspect of running and setting aside a goal to achieve each one of those, I thought, I think that's the most important thing. So really breaking it down to achieve every part of it was important. So if you're not off the couch yet, I would think just start by eating healthy. And that would probably be the first step. And then even getting out and just walking or jogging or just doing some type of physical movement, I think is probably the first step to it. Going out there and kicking a soccer ball or just any type of physical movement can lead to a lot. And you don't know, you have to start somewhere and that, that will definitely build up once you start dedicating yourself to it. Before I let you guys go, let's talk a little bit more about COVID-19. You're all calling in via Zoom because we can't be together, and more than ever, health is a huge public concern. So what's been your approach to staying positive, staying healthy, and seeing the silver linings in all of this? I see a lot of silver linings. I have to think about the positive side of this. So during this whole quarantine, I'm cooking all my meals at home. So I'm making healthier meals. So that's like one way of looking at it. Uh, my husband and I sit down and we eat and we have dinner together and lunch together when I'm working from home more often than we've ever had, which is great. Uh, my dog is super happy because <laughs> I'm home. I mean, there's just so many other things that are good. I actually see parents in my neighborhood riding their bikes with kids. I didn't know I had kids in my neighborhood before. So the first time ever I see families doing things together, you know, those positive things kind of give me hope. And one of the things we did at Healthy Start was when this pandemic hit and we realized we were going to have to completely change how we offer our curriculums. We had our Fresno Pacific interns create a step-by-step -step picture guide of how to use FaceTime of how to use Zoom, of how to use WhatsApp. And our parents were so excited to learn that they had access because now they could call, like for example, WhatsApp is super popular in Mexico and it's free. <laughs> they can call all their relatives in Mexico now. And that they didn't even know that they had that ability. So that's what's amazing is they're learning technology. And so that, now they're getting excited because now they know how to do something they didn't know how to do before. One, they can be connected to somebody and they can vent about how they're feeling and be heard and, and feel supported. I'm thankful and blessed that I have done my research to understand the way our bodies work because all what's being pushed right now is what hand sanitizers masks people think like oh you're anti i said no i understand it so i'm definitely a believer in it but like when do you ever see a commercial or some type of figure saying hey you guys we, we need to you guys need to quit the processed food you need to quit the soda you need to start implementing more fruits and vegetables in your diet drinking mostly water get some exercise outside do some stretches you don't hear that stuff and why don't you hear that so I look at it as an opportunity to really deliver a, another truth bomb I like to say health and fitness and staying active is very, very crucial. And I think out of all things that should be pushed right now, that should be number one is we're in, we're in times now where obesity is at the high, all time high, 
heart disease at the all-time high, cancer is at the all-time high. Majority of deaths in our country, in our world, are due to lack of movement and wrong choices of eating. So that has to say something to someone, and but yet we don't see it pushed on a broad spectrum. So I feel it's my duty, it's my responsibility to continue on the path that I'm doing just to help and teach others, whether it's families, kids, you know, just to learn like, hey, you got to take care of yourself. It's the same things I've been preaching over, like I said, over 10 years now. Mickey Caesar, Shauna Lemus, Linda Ledesma, and Anthony Gonzalez, thank you all so much for joining me today. Really appreciate you all taking the time to call in. Well, thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. Um, it was truly an honor. Yeah, both definitely. I really hope this can touch some of the, the Lindsay community because we need it. And I say we because we all need it. I hope so as well, Anthony. If you're listening, wear your masks, practice safe hygiene and social distancing, but please don't forget to take care of yourself by eating right and staying hydrated, eight hours of quality sleep every night, and then get up and move. Share this podcast with someone who needs to hear that, and don't forget to follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and now on Spotify, so you won't miss us next time on Lindsay Live. Lindsay Live.